Hey, what's going on, Who That Nation? It is yours truly, TJ Jones. And yes, I am the host of the State of the Saints podcast. Thank you so much for checking out the State of the Saints podcast, where we talk New Orleans Saints. Thank you for all those that are here. Hope that you're staying warm. I know it's a little bit chilly in most of the country. I know it's pretty cold here. It's about 40 degrees outside here in uh, South Carolina. Uh, I don't know where you all are. I'm pretty sure some of you in Louisiana, some of you in Florida. I mean, wherever you are, you know what I'm saying? Wherever you are, hope you're staying warm. Hope you're enjoying uh, the holiday season. I uh, hope everybody's not running themselves ragged for those that are into the Christmas holiday. Um, seeing a lot of comments uh, talking about the Christmas holiday. I'm not getting into that. Not going to spoil my mood, wherever you feel about it. I love Christmas, all right? And also love talking about the New Orleans Saints and that's why we're here, and we're going to be talking about the Saints' uh, big matchup on Christmas Eve uh, versus the Cleveland Browns. And I'm pretty sure a lot of you already know that uh, the weather is going to be pretty bad out there in Cleveland, uh, so bad that the Saints have decided instead of leaving uh, on Friday, um, they're going to uh, leave uh, on Thursday. And uh, for those that may um, wonder how cold it's going to be, um, the, we- the weather, the high is going to be 13 degrees There's a 48% chance of snow, 33-mile-per-hour southwesterly winds. So, I mean, it's going to be cold. It's going to be windy. It's going to be miserable, man, Uh, especially for those, uh, you know, players that aren't used to playing in that type of weather. Um, And and we're going to be answering a question, like, is this going to affect the New Orleans Saints, uh, you know, as as a team? Um, I I don't really get into um, that whole – you know, dome team going into a cold uh, weather uh, stadium. I, I don't buy that, you know, because it, it's not like these guys are from New Orleans, right? It, 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 these guys are a, co- a collective group. They come from all parts of the country, like they, the colleges that they went to. Like, you're telling me that a guy like Ryan Ramchek going to be affected by the cold? I mean, he played at Wisconsin. I mean, you think Chris Olave going to be affected by the cold? He played at Ohio State. Like, it just doesn't make sense. Cesar Ruiz played at Michigan. Like, these are some of the uh, coldest states that we have in the United States, and these guys have played there. So I don't really buy that whole old cold weather dome team thing because, I mean, that's just absolutely ridiculous. I think that's just for uh, media purposes. I'm more concerned about uh, the type of offense that the Saints are playing and how this could affect them um, because – we all know that the Saints have been having issues um, running the football. I mean, we've seen it. Uh, could have easily um, cost them the game last week when they couldn't even get one yard on two consecutive plays, right, with Taysom Hill. So that, that's very alarming. And, and playing in games like this when you have these type of weather conditions, you got to be able to run the football. And if you can't run the football, then it's really going to be a problem because we all know that the Cleveland Browns, can run the football. I mean, they got Nick Chubb, who is a really good running back, and you have Kareem Hunt, who a lot of people forget is a really good running back. But guess what? He's a really good running back as well. I mean, we talk about Alvin Kamara and how uh, successful he was throughout the years. I mean, Kareem Hunt was on the same trajectory, and a lot of people thought uh, these two individuals came out of college at the same time. They were both were a part of that classic two set 2017 draft. And for a while, Kareem Hunt was supposed to be that offensive rookie of the year. I think some people can tend to forget about that and how special this dude actually is. And if you don't believe me, watch when Kareem Hunt 
most likely be on somebody else's team. You're going to find out how special he is next year. So you have a good combination, and you also got to bring in Deshaun Watson, uh, his ability to be able to scramble outside the pocket and make things happen with his legs. I'm more concerned about the Saints' offensive line and not them not being able to get it done uh, when it comes to the running game. Uh, the Saints are going to have to practice ball security. They're going to have to practice uh, run, running the football. Right? You know, you can't be having issues like with David Johnson fumbling the football. You can't be having issues with Alvin Kamara fumbling football. And if Eno Benjamin plays, you can't be concerned about him. All right. I mean, it, it's just that plain and it's just that simple. All right. This whole weather, cold weather thing, I'm not buying. I, I don't know about you, but I'm not buying. I, I am not buying it. Okay. So uh, I just hope that the Saints can go ahead and just get it done. Um, and to be quite honest with you, I'm, I'm a little bit concerned, especially like since, you know, some of the things that I've heard. Uh, from the press conference of Dennis Allen, you know, when, you know, he's asked about some of the things that the Saints are lacking in, he, he doesn't really pay that much attention. Oh, it's, it's about, oh, it's not about all the yards. It's about points per game. Like, are you kidding me? Are, are you freaking kidding me? So uh, let me let me get this straight. Like, let me, let me understand this clearly, right? So you let Tyler Algier run all over you for almost 200 yards, Right. And the fact that they only resorted to 18 points, you feel like that's a win. But so let's just say, for example, Tyler Algier ran the ball really well for almost 200 yards, right? You have issues with your running game. Who's to say that Nick Chubb won't break one for like 60 yards? And that might end up being a touchdown. But we're not concerned about the, the run defense because we only got 18 points. But what happens if they start running the ball up up and down the field and running it down your throats and your offense, who is playing from behind, and as we as we all know that when the Saints play from behind, you know, it's kind of hard for them to come back. How is that not a concern? I I, I don't know who um, Dennis Allen's publicist is. I don't know who his PR people is, but – they are doing a, a pitiful job getting this guy prepared to be in front of the, the media. I, I'm serious, man. Like, I, I don't know what the heck is going on, but some of the things that he he says, I don't know if it's just the fact that maybe we're being a little bit too hard on him or the fact that it's just the fact that they're losing and it's just I, – I don't know what it is, but what he be, what he says just doesn't make sense for the most part. Like, it, it does not instill confidence as, as an onlooker of this team. But anyway – um, I'm not concerned about the cold weather. Let me go ahead and read some of your comments because if, if I start getting on a tangent about Dennis Allen, y'all know where this show can go. All right. Um, let's go ahead and uh, read some of your comments. Start at the top here. Uh, majority of players are from the Northern uh, winter. Yeah. I mean, I just feel like that's ridiculous. Like when you start talking about dome teams, like these guys, <laughs> they come from everywhere, right? It's not like they just come from one college in the South. Like there's, is there's normally warm weather, you know, considering like some of the other areas that's in the north and may get snow every single year. Like it's it's not that. Like you got some guys that, that go from you know went to school in the south, like the honey badger. You know, he went to school in the south. Uh, Marcus May, you know, they went to school in the south. He went to Florida. I mean, you got some guys out there that might be affected by the cold weather. You know, Cam Jordan being from Arizona. Going to Cal, you know, he always constantly talks about how he hate cold weather. But, I mean, it's just an adjustment. I mean, that's why you make the big bucks. That's why you make that Skrilla, you know, to be able to play in, in these type of conditions. 
hopefully we can get a live a more target so he can win rookie of the year because wilson passed him in yards a bit well look i i honestly feel like if the jets i don't know right now but i think they're in playoff contention if the jets make the playoffs then i feel like most likely uh garrett wilson is going to win uh rookie of the year i think that the nfl mostly looks at teams that find themselves in the playoffs and finds playoff success and you know even though some of the 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 voting well the voting comes before the playoffs starts i mean you you get an indication of where teams are going right so i think that the fact that the saints even though they're mat- not mathematically out of it, I think people will say, you know, they, their playoff chances are slim to none. Um, I think they may take that into consideration when they're doing the voting. And you also have to look at the fact that the Jets have improved tremendously, you know, so you have to look at that. And of course, it's a New York team and they haven't, you know, been really good. So I think he might end up winning. I think he might end up winning just on that alone. Sometimes it's not just about, you know, the, the production you put up is also about your team finding postseason success. Uh, I'm concerned about the run defense uh, than the players adjusting to the weather. Um, I, I concur. I completely concur with that. And um, that back to the voting, I mean, I want to give this, I want to make this example. I, I don't know if you remember, but back in 2009, I mean, Drew Brees was up for the MVP and um, you had Peyton Manning. Uh, was up for the MVP. And I think that Peyton Manning ended up winning the MVP because I want to say they went 14 and two and the Saints went 13 and three that season. And I think it probably came down to that. And I also feel like it's probably going to come down to that when it comes to the MVP voting this year. Like when you have Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes, who's uh, supposed to probably uh, pass um, Peyton Manning's uh, passing record. Uh, I think that he's probably going to take a backseat to Jalen Hurts because you got to take into account as of right now, the Philadelphia Eagles have only lost one game. So I think that that plays a huge role. Like, is your team trending in the right direction? Are they going to be in the playoffs? Are they are they relevant? I think all that comes into play around the time is it's time to vote for uh, these different awards uh, each year. Uh, TJ, we got our share of cold weather this week on the Gulf Coast, Mississippi, and Louisiana, and other states. Yeah, I heard about that, man. And y'all be careful out there. I know. Uh, and, and weather like this, it, it's not, you, you know, a lot of people uh, from the area not really used to driving in these type of conditions. So it's probably best, you know, for you to be careful out there. Don't be trying to drive like you would, like it's 90 degrees on a summer day. Uh, Saints D-line have something on their hands with the Browns. Absolutely. I mean, the, Saint, uh, the Saints uh, defensive line better pack a lunch because if you allowing Tyler Algier to run for almost 200 yards on you, I mean, Nick Chubb is is three times better than what Tyler Algier is right now. So you better you better pack a lunch, my friend. That dude has got to go at head coach. You know, my I, I just got to be real. Uh, the more the Saints continue to play hard, the more uh, they fight is it's just going to give the Saints trust in the, you know, indication that maybe. You know, they got something there. You know, I, I don't know. <laughs> what, about, what makes me laugh is like some of these individuals that's out here trying to, you know, make it seem like, you know, Dennis Allen being a head coach <clears throat> of the New Orleans Saints doesn't affect the way people feel about this team. You know, shouts out to uh, my guy Ralph Marlboro, which is a uh, part of Saints Happy Hour, him and, um, you know, and uh, Andrew, you know, uh, both of them have been on the show. Um, I have a lot of respect for those guys. They they are very passionate about the team. But, you know, we were having conversations about ticket sales. And, 
You know, I just felt like I said, you know, people are not going to be motivated by a Dennis Allen led team. Right. Because it's not so much about their loyalty to the Saints, because I feel this way. Right. Just because I don't go to the game doesn't mean I'm not a Saints fan. Like I just I'm not just going to waste my money. You know what I'm saying? I'm just I'm just not. Money is a precious commodity, right? You know, like, it's with anything. It's with anything. Like, a person has to show you that they're they're worth the investment. You know, or a a thing has to show it's worth the investment. Like, okay, I I think this is suffice. Like, it's the holiday season, right? You're shopping for your, 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 your special someone, right? You're trying to find the right thing for them, right? And you go in the store and... Let's just say, for example, you you see something right up in there that catches your eye. And then all of a sudden, like they start talking about the nooks and crannies of it. And all of a sudden, like, man, what the heck is this? I don't know if this is a this is for me. Right. You, you got to make it worth your while. And, and right now, Dennis Allen is not making it worth our while to be sitting up there at Saints games. Like, seriously, like it, it like some people feel like their allegiance and love is tied to not criticizing the team and showing up even when you know the team about to get steamrolled or they probably going to lose or wet the bed in the end. I don't think that, right? I mean, you can be a fan, but at the same time, you can be objective and you got to be reasonable, right? You know what I'm saying? Them, you know, I mean, you, you got to think about the life decisions that you're going to have to make. And sometimes, you know, when we're thinking about going to the game, sometimes people are making sacrifices when it when it comes to, like, paying for these games, right? I mean – that's just the way that it goes. And I think that that is going to be taken into consideration. So that's the way I feel about it. I don't know about you. I mean, am I wrong? Like, do you think that, you know, the, do you think that Dennis Allen coming back is going to affect like people's decision about buying tickets to this game? Cause even though, you know, there is a waiting list, I mean, still, you know what I'm saying? Like, okay. If there was such a waiting list and I'm pretty sure there was a waiting list this year, then where everybody at? Okay, so that means that every like still like if people pay for these tickets, that means they still willing to stay at home. So what you think they're going to do next year? Right. They probably already upset that they bought the tickets and the team. Not good. So I think that people are going to have a wait and see approach if Dennis Allen comes back. Like, okay, we're going to see where this thing goes. If they start finding success, you're probably going to start seeing people uh, in seats. But I I just don't think that uh, right now I don't care who they get. Right. I, I just think that the the I think people feel this way. Like no matter who this team has as a quarterback or whoever they bring in, Dennis Allen gonna find a way to mess it up. Uh, I listened to Dennis uh, Allen today. God bless you. And he just seemed lost when he was talking about the Browns weather. I ain't gonna lie to you. I don't listen to long Dennis Allen press conferences. Like first off, if I was a member of the Saints media, I probably would. Um, and episode, but I don't listen to this dude in his entirety. Uh, shouts out to New Orleans Die Football with Nick Underhill. Uh, shouts out to uh, Ross Jackson. Shouts out to all the people on the ground, uh, that constantly go to these press conferences. I get the cleft notes, right? You know what I'm saying? And you know, I, I kind of read the articles in support of those individuals, right? But I'm not listening to what Dennis Allen got to say. Like, seriously, man, what, what can you say at this time? Just go out there for these next three games and. Give it the old college try and we'll see where we at, right? All this stuff is just basically just background noise at this point. If you were going to do anything differently, you probably would have done it already. So 
what the problem is. Like, I, I, that's just the way that I feel. I'm look, and I want to make this very, very clear. I'm not trying to convince anybody not to listen to the press conference, press conferences. All I'm saying is just not my cup of tea. It's just not my cup of tea. And I, I'm not just sitting up there because I don't know, man. It just, I don't know. When, when, when you pay attention to what, what a person says and you start listening to it and it's like, man, I, I just, I, I just can't do it, man. I can't. If Dennis Allen gets fired, I consider that a win. Uh, best we can hope for. Uh, man, people be acting like these players aren't from all over. Exactly. They, they, that's how they feel. They feel like these players aren't from all over. And, um, you know, I, I just think that <laughs> that's just absolutely ridiculous. I, I just never I never uh, I never re- understood why they actually do those things. I, I don't. I, I never understood that. But anyway, uh, let's see. Dennis Allen has never won two games in a row. Let's see. I'll, well, I'll save that for a later date. Uh, well, uh, Tech Hollywood, uh, we would uh, have to lose every game for here on out to get rid of Dennis Allen. Yeah, that's the way I feel about it. Uh, I think that the Saints going to keep Dennis Allen and maybe change up offensive coordinators because they feel like even though the team um, doesn't have a successful record, the defense is looking good. And I think they will want to keep him around uh, just because he's so good on defense. The only way, the only way Dennis Allen, as of right now, I I can see it. And I hate to say this. It pains me to say this. But the only way I feel like Dennis Allen will get fired, if Sean Payton comes back. If if the Saints can get uh, Sean Payton back, that's the only reason I can see them, like, not bringing back Dennis Allen. Because, I mean – it's a no-brainer at that point. I mean, who would you rather have, Dennis Allen or Sean Payton? So, uh, let's see. Hopefully, we can uh, be more innovative in our run game with using AK, maybe some tall stretches, and and uh, maybe a, a few draw, draws. Look, I, I, I just feel like this, man. Um, you are who you are right now, right? Like, it, it's just that simple, right? Yeah, you added, uh, you know, direct snaps to AK, uh, you know, using Taysom Hill and all that. Look, but look, the Saints are very inconsistent. They're inconsistent when it comes to winning. They're inconsistent when it comes to, like, the game they play. They might play pretty flawless one week and then flash galore the next. So it it just seems like to me, like, they just come up with a game plan, but they don't consistently work on it, right? They'll be like, okay, we played this game bad. What happened? Well, we didn't use AK enough. This week we're going to use AK enough. Okay, what else happened? Well, it, it seemed like, you know, we wasn't using Chris Olave as a downfield threat this week. We're going to use Chris Olave. You know, uh, every time Rashid Shahid touched the ball, you know, on, a, on those stretch plays uh, or those streak routes, you know, like we, we, we score, you know, and, you know, or we get some good yards. Okay, use that. And then all of a sudden they'll use it and then you don't see it anymore. So it's just like they, they are not – they are not using the things that they're good at on a consistent basis. It's like, I don't, I don't know. It, it's like uh, having a piece of paper and losing it or something like that, or, or taking notes. You know, you ever been in, in college or in school and you're taking notes and then all of a sudden, like, you go to your backpack, you realize it's missing. Just feel like all these good notes that I'm taking missing. That's the way I feel about the Saints. You know, they, they come up with some of these good plays and then all of a sudden, you know, they don't use them anymore. And this is my favorite right here. Uh, the fact that, Maybe they'll call a play and it may not work 
or you know what i'm saying like or they may call a play that's pretty conventional and it don't work and all of a sudden you don't see that person no more right it, it just it, it just man the the team itself just reeks desperation like seriously like it reeks desperation like this team is like super desperate it, it's almost like a person that just you know, ain't got nothing. You know what I'm saying? You ever seen, like, I know everybody pretty much seen The Temptations. We use a lot of examples on there. Like, basically, like, uh, David Ruffin in the trap house. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, y'all remember, you know, like, you know, he, you know, he was in the trap house and then all of a sudden, you know, he ain't have no money. And then all of a sudden, he just threw the, the keys to the Lincoln. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's, how they, that's how they are. You know what I'm saying? They, they stay throwing the keys to the Lincoln to the guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, that, that that's how it's working right now. They looking real, real desperate. And I, I and, it's it's the way they call plays. It's the way that they make decisions. This is pure desperation. It, it's it's not fun. It's not fun to watch. I'm pretty sure it's not fun to be a part of because I just feel like they just be you know they just so desperate. They so uptight and they always trying to you know find things that actually work versus like you know try you know like trusting the process. Uh, let's see. I heard the Superdome was sold out for the Falcons game. Saints, according to someone I know who went to the game. Uh, no, that was totally untrue. That was not true. Um, I, I, I know a few people that went to the game and they said that they had, they had some empty seats up in that thing. They had empty seats. That what that what was said to me. That what was said to me. Okay. These are two, these are, indiv- these are individuals that, that went to the game. No, it, it was not sold out. It, maybe it was maybe it was sold out in their mind, you know what I'm saying, but it wasn't sold out. And if you were watching the game and as they panned, uh, you know what I'm saying, to the stadium and stuff like that, especially when Desmond Ritter was on third down, you can clearly see there was an empty seats up in that joint. Yes, because I'm not buying tickets or merchandise if DA is the head coach, period. Look, I, like I said, I'm not advocating for anybody to not make a decision they don't want to make. No, don't, you know, if you want to roll with the team, roll with the team. Some people – uh, like uh, Shauna, you know, like they they are doing this in pro- in protest. That's fine, uh, but I just feel like it, it's going to affect the bottom line. If some of y'all was on Big Q channel, he was talking about the NFL and the money. Yeah, um, shouts out to Big Q, man. Always making really good sense. Always a logical guy, you know. And you know, he he pretty, you know, from everything that I've seen. Um, I always support the brother, you know. What I'm saying regardless. I mean, he, he's pretty fed up. Um, he's he's in protest mode himself and uh, well within his rights, you know, because if you've been following this team, man, and you just uh, been a fan your entire life, man, this is just downright disgusting. And you're just so dejected watching this. And it just it just frustrating. And you have no choice but to be angry because you're asking yourself why, you know, why is this happening when you have so much talent on this team? So much ability, and um, you still can't get it done. Um, it's it's crazy. Uh, Dennis brings no energy. His energy is dead to me. I felt some energy in the room with Sean Payton. Is whether in the locker room or in an interview, I can feel the love for the game. Leslie, you know, I, I just find it. You know, like I say I, I don't care. I mean, shouts out to everybody that work at this. Uh, you know, New Orleans Saints. Uh, you know, website and social media and stuff like that. Man, shouts out to them. Real talk, but. There's there's a picture on uh, New Orleans Saints website right now, and they got um, you know Dennis Allen in the locker room, and he's you know what I'm saying his jaws clutched, and he's 
speaking like he, you know what I'm saying, with so much enthusiasm. And then you got the guys in the background listening. I just feel like, man, that was such a pathetic display because the only reason why they're putting that up here right now is because of conversations that we're having right now. Like the fact that, you know, people feel like this guy has really no enthusiasm, uh, no swag, no drip, um, don't really show any type of emotion. So what they're doing is they're, they're doing DC, which is damage control, right? So if I start showing emotion, showing uh, DA on the sideline, he starts showing emotion, I'm taking pictures of him showing emotion. Well, guess what? You know, that means that, you know, maybe I'm wrong about him. But I, I just feel like it's a little bit too late for that, man. Right now, I mean, it's no right now to me, and I could be wrong, and I apologize if I am. But it, it, it's almost like, you know, if you ever seen like a billboard of a politician running for public office and they always got him like standing with his back straight and looking up at the sky and his chest all out. You know what I'm saying? Like he just started bench pressing 270, you know what I'm saying? For the last three months. And you know, like they, they, they highlight him and stuff like that. They Photoshop, they take all the blemishes out of his face, make him look strong or her, make her look strong, confident, you know, in order for you to, to sell that person to you, that's kind of like what it is right now. Like, you know, you, you ain't about to sell me on no Dennis Allen, right? You ain't trying to sell me on Dennis Allen like a guy is, you know, just full of uh, is and vinegar. You know what I'm saying? Like, y'all know what I mean by I say is. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like, don't, don't tell me that. Like, I haven't seen this all year. Like, I've seen a guy who just sitting up there, you know, with his hand on his face. And all of a sudden, like, you trying to sell me, you know what I'm saying, the second coming of Bill Cowell. Like, man, miss me with that, right? You know what I mean? Hey, you know, I mean, if he comes back, I have no choice but to support what, you know what I'm saying, him as a coach because I want to see him, you know, I want to see the team succeed. But I, I just feel um, that right now this is just, uh, you know, this is this is just them counteracting uh, the comments of the masses about him not being, you know, a strong coaching figure. That, that's how I feel. Like, you, you basically just trying to play with our intelligence. Uh, TJ. Uh, he's coming back. Uh, they always put it on the OC, rightfully so. But why he hasn't uh, pulled Andy? Because that's a uh, Pete guy, and he's friends with Andy's dad. Look, Jeezy, look, everybody's entitled to their opinion, bro. I, I respect your opinion. Um, I, I really do. Uh, I, I would ask anybody, and I would encourage everybody to check out uh, No Jameis 101. I, I, I was on a uh, – I was on a Twitter space and um, he he rolled up on and he was talking a little bit about um, the decision to go with, um, you know, Andy Dalton over James Winston, because his his theory and I could be wrong if I'm if I'm wrong with my. Uh, I guess with my interpretation, I apologize, but what he was saying is, you know, the reason why um, Dennis Allen decided to go with Andy Dalton is because you know, Andy Dalton wasn't originally the Saints' first choice, right? And he's playing because Jameis is supposedly supposed to be hurt, right? I mean, I'm pretty sure he's hurt, but there's hurt, there's injured. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm pretty, like, I'm getting where you're fitting. But anyway, by using Andy, who was not the Saints' original choice, and also the fact that Jameis was the organization's first choice, by going with Andy, he can always just double back. I mean, you know, double down and say, well, you know, I mean, we wanted to make sure that we were protecting Jameis. So I had to do what I had to do to bring Andy. And that can be like a, 
you know what I'm saying, logical excuse. I don't think so, but but hey, but if Jameis was to play, then and Jameis didn't pan out to be what he looked like last year, then it would have made DA look like he was just incompetent and he didn't know what the heck he was doing. So it made up, you know, so he ended up going with Andy Dalton, like I said, which wasn't the the Saints' first choice. He, you know, Jameis was. So I, I don't know, you know, I, I don't know what it is. Um, I don't know if he just playing it safe. I don't know if he just feel like Andy Dalton give him the best position in his opinion to uh, be, you know, to get his job back. I, I don't know. I mean, that's what it sounds like to me. But I, I, I don't know. I don't know what the heck going on. All I know is uh, some things got to change going into 2023 because you can't keep this thing the same. Something, somebody or something has got to go. Uh, let's see. Thoughts on a new offensive coordinator at the very least. Um, I like it. You know, I think this. I think it's time for the Saints to move, remove themselves from the from the Paytonisms and the Breezeisms. I, I said this, man. Like that's that's was. Those were good times. The offensive innovations, the, the how Drew Brees ran this offense. I mean, like a well-dog machine. Those were great times. But I just feel like sometimes, like teams start digging in the crates and they're trying to remember the days of yesteryear and they're trying to follow the blueprint that's made them so successful. But you're doing it without the people that made it successful. The 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 main individuals that make it successful. Like we all know how important it is to have a franchise quarterback. And if you don't have a franchise quarterback, you cannot go out there and try to run an offense the way that you once did. You're going to see a drop off. Right. So I, I just think that <laughs> I just think that trying to make Andy Dalton into Drew Brees is asinine. It, it is. It's asinine. Like it, it makes absolutely no sense. Like, you know, that there's going to be a drop off. There are going to be throws that Drew Brees is going to make that Andy Dalton wish he could make. Right. There are going to be decisions that Drew Brees has made that Andy Dalton wish he could make. Right. I mean, you cannot reinvent the wheel. OK. And if you try to reinvent the wheel, you know, it's best for you to try to use the same material. You know, like they're not even using the same material. Like It's like, OK, back in the day, the caveman, they used to use them little stones in order to make wheels. Right. The Saints. I don't know, man. They like they trying to use sticks to turn them into wheels. You know, using Andy Dalton. If I can use an example, no disrespect to Andy Dalton. I think he's been playing pretty decent as of late. But I mean, he's no Drew Brees. I think we all could agree with that, right? I hope so. Uh, anybody up here comparing him to Drew Brees, I will have to get you drug tested. I'm sorry. <laughs> I have to get you drug tested if you think, you know that <laughs> that he's anywhere in the neighborhood. Okay, look. If if I could use that example, you know, Drew Brees, you know, uh, be on Porter Street and uh, Andy Dalton to be somewhere, you know, on, on Cluett or something like that. I mean, they couldn't be too far apart. I mean, they, they'll be miles apart, in my opinion. Matter of fact, I think Clue is a little bit too uh, close. So I would say, man, you'll probably, you know, if if Drew Brees on Porter's, you'll probably have to put him, you know, Andy Dalton on Andrew Street. You'll have to go across the canal, you know, like, like they they like they can. They couldn't be too, you know, so far apart. Like, they, they, I mean, the distance is absolutely in, in unbelievable. And I apologize for people that may not be from New Orleans and don't know, you know, saying the street names. But some of you, you know, I, you probably know what I'm talking about. So I won't lose that. I won't lose anybody. But those are two uh, main, you know, areas, you know, and, and that's synonymous with New Orleans, right? Andrew Street, 
you know, shouts out to, uh, you know, Lawless. You know, Lawless was on Andrew Street uh, across the canal. And, you know, Caporja Street, of course, is where the, the Superdome resides. So that's what I've been saying. Um, it's time to move on from Breeze and the Peyton era. Yeah, it's time to move on, man. Especially if you ain't got the right pieces to run it anymore. Uh, you need an elite quarterback and an elite coach to run the offense effectively to check uh, progress, progression, timing, et cetera. Uh, takes a coach and quarterback uh, seeing the field the same way. I agree with that. I agree with that. They got to be on the same page. It's kind of hard to find lightning in a bottle, man, and, and the Saints had it for 16 years. Uh, it's time for a new refresher of the offensive side of the playbook. Uh, no more reminiscing of Sean Payton is over with the clothes, the casket was uh, stuck working. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Look, I, I just – look. I definitely agree with that. It's time to close the book, man. You know, it's time to close the book on that. Uh, ASI, uh, ASI 1000 and uh, Stephen A. Smith uh, would say the first take to, to think Dalton can do what Breeze did. Nah. Nah, if they if they, they saying that, then somebody needs to lose their job. Or they just trying to keep people there with shock value. I don't know. Time to go play in the snow, baby, says Jeffrey. Uh I love it here. Um, it's a great show, but who that nation where we discuss saints and sometimes other things too. Uh, we are one big happy family. I agree with that. And that's why I try to keep, you know, that's why I try to keep that negative energy out of here, man. Life is already tough enough. You already got a lot of things going on. You know what I'm saying? You already can find reasons to, you know, disagree with so many different things. I mean, honestly, I love uh, is a collaborative effort, right? I love for the new Orleans saints brings us here. So I don't understand it. Like, Yes, we have a difference of opinion sometimes, but I mean, we all same fans at the end of the day. So I, I try to, you know, create that environment. That's why, you know, I like, you know, I, I don't mind people having a difference of opinion, but I don't think it should resort to name calling. You know, we, we, we're really stick law on that. And shouts out to the moderators who work really hard to make sure that the energy stays the same here. I uh, appreciate that a lot. Um but yeah, you know, like that that's what we're all about. You know, I'm no disrespect to anybody else's show. You know, some people, you know, they 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 like to, you know, say drop the, the profanity and stuff like that. And that works for them, you know what I'm saying? But you know, we try to keep it family friendly here and uh, we try to uh, create an enjoyable experience. And I'm not saying that, you know, that way of how people are doing things, you know, it, it doesn't work because you know, I, I find like some of the dialogue for some of those shows extremely funny. But I just want to make it a you know a kind of a a calm, zen, yet entertaining uh, area. And I appreciate you for saying that, Leslie. Uh, TJ, I know the streets you're speaking on. Uh, after all, I was born and raised in New Orleans. What you did there, Josh. <laughs> we don't need defensive coaches. Uh, look, I, I think defensive uh, head coaches could work, okay? I know they're having a bad time at it because it seems like the league is transitioning. Now, I do agree with that, though. I would prefer to have an offensive coach than, than a defensive coach. I agree with that. However, I feel that a defensive coach can find success if they find the right offensive coach. If you find an offensive coach that is really good, then I feel like you can have success. Case in point, Sean McDermott. Sean McDermott is a defensive-minded coach, right? He, he was the, you know, he was the defensive coordinator uh, for uh, the Carolina Panthers before he became the head coach of the Bills, and it, it's been working out for him. I mean, but he has 
some really good offensive coordinators on his staff. So you can make it work, but you got to have a strong offensive coordinator also, you know, because, you know, I, I mean, I, I just feel like, yeah, I, and I also feel the same way about offensive coordinator. Like, I feel like you got to have a strong defensive coach too. Uh, and we all seen that in years past, right? We seen how the Saints was able to put up 40 or 50 points in, in some games and couldn't stop a nosebleed, right? Uh, look, to be real, uh, we would have did better with a uh, open a quarterback playbook for Taysom Hill through this se- this whole season. Look, I uh, <laughs> look, I get it. I, I completely understand that, man. I'm not here to bash Taysom Hill, man. I look, I, I hate when people bring up the comments of Taysom Hill because I feel like we got to like downgrade this dude and talk about how he's not a quarterback. I'm not getting into that, man. All, all I'm saying is, um, do I feel like Taysom Hill? can make some plays as a quarterback, obviously. I mean, he made that long pass to Rasheed Shaheed. But we also have to take into account, folks, we we also have to take into account the element of surprise. Like, we know the majority of the time the Saints run a QB power. They run, like, RPO with Taysom Hill. So when he dropped back to pass, like, you got, like, you know, eight, nine people in the box, right? So it's man-to-man coverage. And if you got a a speedy guy like Shaheed, he can can take the top off the defense. So – is this the element of surprise that is helping Taysom Hill in a lot of ways? And no, and I'm not saying that Taysom Hill can't win no games for you. I'm pretty sure he can win some games. We've seen that before. But I'm just questioning consistency at the quarterback position. Rather, it's uh, making the right plays or the battle of attrition. Like we've seen like on a few occasions where he had the opportunity to play quarterback more than one game and his body couldn't hold up. So, I, I just I look at those elements, but I'm look, I'm not saying the guy can't make plays with his arm. I'm not saying that he can't play the quarterback position uh, in some areas, which we see that he he can. But I'm just saying, like, I just think that we need to stop trying to find ways to make Taysom Hill a quarterback when we know for a fact that his bread is going to continue to be buttered and he's going to gain the respect of the NFL masses by the things that he's actually doing. Like, Taysom Hill, honestly, would be taking a pay cut if he tries to be a quarterback. I mean, based on, like, the money that he's getting being a Swiss Army knife. And not only that, Taysom Hill has basically carved out a lane for himself that other people are trying to follow. Like, we've seen Franks, right, the quarterback, you know, that came out of Arkansas. Like, they moved him to tight end. They had him trying to do the same things that they had Taysom Hill doing, right? Do you think that that would be happening? Do you think that would be happening if Taysom Hill didn't find success? Right. Do you think a couple of years ago when the Saints drafted Tommy Stevens and the Carolina Panthers uh, acquired him after the Saints uh, released him and they picked him up and they had a game where the Saints played Carolina and they had Tommy Stevens trying to beat Taysom Hill? You don't think that that plays a huge role because Taysom Hill has found success? I, I don't understand it. Like, I feel like Taysom Hill, once again, would be taking a pay cut if he was to just try to be a conventional quarterback, because at this stage, based on his age and based on the quarterback, you know, play that people have seen so far, it is going to be extremely hard and extremely, you know, complicated for him to play the quarterback position and consistently uh, a coach to consistently have patience uh, with him, you know? Uh, So I just think that it is what it is right now. But like I said, I hate having these conversations because I hate, bashing Taysom Hill you know what I'm saying I, I hate to do that because I like him a lot I like Taysom Hill I think that he is one of the most necessary football players on this team but I just think that the Saints need to go in a direction where we're trying to find a 
the franchise quarterback for years to come. Let's 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 suspend our mind and get away from this. Uh, you know, trying to like I used the example on the last episode. Let's let's stop trying to plug up the hole in the roof with a with a with a, a piece of gum that we've been chewing on, right? You know what I'm saying? It's time for us to really make a conscious decision, sit down and go over the finances and be like, hey, you know, I think it's time for us to get a new roof. Right. That's what we need to be at right now. All this all this quick, you know, fixed situations is, it has gotten the Saints in this situation. So I, I want people to number one, I, I number one, I completely understand some people's logic. Like. Things have, have gotten so bad as of late. Like anything that resembles consistency, anything that consist you know, like can be a little consistent, or we seen more than once, we try to latch on to because you know things have been so bad. But let's not let's not forget that n- not too far ago, not too long ago, I should say, that winning was a way of life, and it se- it was consistent here. So I don't want to just wallow in mediocrity. And I don't want the bar to be set so low to a point where we just okay with just anything. And I'm not calling Taysom Hill anything, but I'm just saying, like, in the next five years, do I see Taysom Hill being a franchise quarterback of the New Orleans Saints? No, I do not. And I think that's where we need to be. So that's, uh, like I said, I completely understand. Everybody's upset. Everybody's frustrated about what the way things going. But let's, like, let's not lower our expectations based on what we're seeing right now. If anything, man, let, let's be a little bit more verbal, you know what I'm saying? And more aggressive because there's a standard that was left behind by a great quarterback and a great coach. And I feel like that standard shouldn't change and our feelings and views shouldn't waver. And we shouldn't have like, they, they have that saying, you shouldn't maybe wallowing in a, in a pig pen with the pigs. You know what I'm saying? You shouldn't. Right. Especially if you've been in a, in a in a penthouse, right? You know what I'm saying? You ain't trying to go to the outhouse. You're trying to stay in a penthouse. You know, so I'm not I ain't trying to go outside. I'm not trying to wallow in the mud with the pigs. I'm I'm trying to stay in a penthouse, right? You know what I'm saying? I'm uh, that's why I'm trying to be. Uh Taysom Mill is old. We need a younger quarterback out of the draft. Uh it says, uh I, look, honestly, Linda, I, I agree with that. You know, and I'm not saying because he's old, I just feel like you just need to go in a different direction. Man, it's like uh, no team in NFC South wants to be number one in the NFC South. It's a strange season we have in the NFC South. Yeah, I mean, look, you got a bunch of teams trying to figure it out. You got – and you also got – um, what's the word that I'm looking for? What you have is um, consequences of some of your actions, uh, and you also have – yeah, I, I think it's for every team. I, I, I take, I, yeah, I say that for every team. What you have and what you're seeing are consequences from all teams' actions, right? Um, Matt Ryan leaves the Atlanta Falcons. They decide that they want to, you know, kind of do a little bit of a rebuild, right? And 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 flip the script and get a new quarterback. They started with Mariota. Now they got Ritter, right? So anytime, like I feel like when you're you know, your team wasn't really known for anything. It is a rebuild, right? We know that the Atlanta Falcons are trying to establish a run now. But for years, you know, like they were trying to be able to keep up offensively with the New Orleans Saints. That's why they were getting Calvin Ridley. That's why they was out here getting uh, Julio Jones. That's why, you know, they was out here getting 
you know, uh, uh, Tony Gonzalez. They they were trying to keep pace with the New Orleans Saints during that time. But now we know they're making that transition and they're, they found their identity, which is running, but it came off a rebuild. Same way with the with the Carolina Panthers. You know, what 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 will we see? I mean, we see that, oh, they tried to hire Matt Rule and it didn't work out. Then you have with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, well, you went to Vegas, put it all on black in 2020, and, you know, it, it, you worked, you know what I'm saying, you cast out, but at the same time, uh, you know, you know, I, I know I won this money in Vegas. Dang, I'm hot. Let me go ahead and go back. But guess what? You know what I'm saying? You ain't lucky. You ain't as lucky this time, right? You know, you won all this money the first time, and now all of a sudden you're going back. Now you're trying to double down, and, um, you know, your eyes got a little bit too big for your belly. And with the Saints, it's the same way. I feel like the arrogance, right? The, the you know, running the South for the last four years, those four consecutive NFC South championship, you know, NFC South titles, and, uh, you know, having Drew Brees all this time, there was this level of arrogance like, man, we still going to be a top of the division. All we need this, this, and this. So I, I think that the division is bad because, honestly, it, it's every, everybody is paying the consequences for bad decisions that they made. Or uh, they're paying the consequences for decisions they decide to move away from. And that's why we're in this, this position. Do I feel like the NFC South is going to be this bad next year? No. Uh, I just think that it's a down year because – you know, it's it's turnover. It's turnover right now. I mean, Carolina doesn't have a coach. I mean, honestly, the only team that really has a coach that I can see probably coaching as of right now for the next three to four years in this division is Arthur Smith. So that's the way I, I look at it. Do you think Drew would uh, make a good OC or a quarterback coach? Um, I'm more of a wait a, a wait and see guy. You know, I'm I I don't know what he would be like. I, I think there's a difference between a guy being a great player on the field and a guy being a great coach on the sidelines. And I think sometimes we think that, you know, because a guy is so great, he should adjust to, you know, coaching like a, a duck in water. But that's not always the case. Sometimes a guy can be so great that he's so focused and dialed in and has tunnel vision, he's not even focusing on the things around him, the nuances, right? Even though he's probably looking at film, he's looking at film so he can exploit his matchups. But he's not even looking at how to prepare things and how to get things together. And also, you also have that dynamic of when you're so great, you're wondering to yourself, why isn't the guy that's around me or guys that's on my team? Why are they not great? Why are they not trying to be great? Why they can't see what I'm seeing? And I just think that great players have a hard time uh, adjusting to head coaches. But I mean, Drew Brees is a, a very, very intelligent man. Um, we all know that he is a glorified head coach. Well, you know what I'm saying? He, well, I don't say glorified head coach, but he, he basically a, a head coach on the on football field when he was a quarterback. So I don't know how it would turn out. But I do know this. I know that anything Drew Brees tries to do, he's going to try to do his best at. And um, so I don't know. Um, I don't know how he'll be. But I, I wouldn't mind giving him a chance. Did y'all uh, see that 30-point lead Matt Ryan gave up against the Vikings? I don't want – look <laughs> – as, as much as we like to clown uh, Matt Ryan, and it's funny, uh, I don't think that we can just put this on the shoulders. I think we have to say the coach, okay, because this is a combination of offense and defense in order for them to get back into the game, and especially uh, since the the Minnesota Vikings had to come back. I mean, Matt Ryan wasn't playing defense. Now, we can make an argument to say, well, why did, couldn't he add on to the lead, right? I get that, uh, but – I mean, it's obvious, you know, it's obvious. I'm sorry. Uh, Matt Ryan is indeed washed. Uh, I, I think that 
we look at guys like Tom Brady playing so long that we just tend to forget that guys when they turn 36, 37 years old are in the twilight of their career, right? Like they're old in in NFL standards, right? You know, like if I was in NFL, you know, I would be considered an old man. I'm 36, right? That's just the way that it goes. And, um, you know, I just think that we look at Tom Brady and we see that, you know, he's still able to go out there and play and win some games and facilitate comebacks. And now all of a sudden, when guys turn 37, 38, we're giving them a pass because we're like, well, Tom Brady doing that at 45. But the reality is, um, dude is washed. You know, I'm pretty sure he's going to retire after this year. Um, or he's probably going to try to find another place. But you know, I don't know. Maybe the phone will ring. Maybe, you know, in this past, this past offseason, it probably would have had about five phone calls. Probably in the offseason, you might have one phone call. Uh, you know, but I, I ain't about to hate on Matt Ryan. But I, I will say this, though. I will say this. Um, this is not looking good on his legacy. Like I know people are talking about, you know, especially Falcon fans, that he's a uh, Hall of Famer, right? I mean, it, it's look, if Matt Ryan goes to the Hall of Fame, it's not going to be first ballot. It won't. It'll probably be like one of them, you know, guys like, you know, how we see that came in the 1950s that nobody even heard of. You know, that's kind of like what he'll probably be. It'll probably be like 10, 15 years after he retired, something like that. Um, but when you are responsible, or I don't want to say responsible, but when you're a part of two of the most historic collapses uh, in NFL history, like that's always going to be tied to you. And this is a guy that won league MVP one year and made it to the Super Bowl. So, you know, I mean, I hate it for him. You know, I really do. I mean, I, look, I can appreciate greatness. I don't care who you play for, right? I mean, as much as, you know, I wanted to see the Saints win and beat Carolina, you know, I used to enjoy watching Cam Newton play. Um, as much as I wanted the Falcons to lose to the Saints, I mean, you got to appreciate, you know, this dude as a quarterback. He was he was pretty good. So, I mean, I would hate that that would happen to him because, I mean, you play that long and, you put up those many yards, and these are the things that's connected to you. It, it's probably going to be one of the main reasons why, like, some of these media guys are probably going to keep them out of the Hall of Fame. It, it sucks, but, hey, it, it is what it is. Uh, I put everything on him. <laughs> now, Matt Ryan didn't give up the lead. The defense did. He put up half the points, and the defense put up the other half. Well, look, Mike, like I said, it's a collaborative effort. It's a collab. It's a collaborative effort when things go awry like that. Uh, they better not bring him to New Orleans. Uh, they better not. They better not. Do not. They, like I said, it's time to get away from that. Uh, I don't like Atlanta. I I still don't like Julio Jones and play uh, for the Bucks. I ain't never had a problem with Julio Jones. I never had a problem with him. Um, I mean, only when they play the Saints. Like I said, I have an appreciation for great players. Like, there's probably not a player in the nfc south like i just loathe probably except for for exception maybe devin white you know i think that i don't know man that that dude pretty classless to me um i understand that football is a you know a competitive sport it's a gladiator sport but i mean you can still have a level of class and dignity especially like since you know you're making fun of a guy that you end up injuring you know i'm saying taking off the field for an entire year and holding him responsible for you not like I just felt like that was just classless. And then on top of that, man, I just feel like he a little bit dirty. 
And, you know, on top of that, you're going to be dirty, but you also take plays off. So you're good, but you're lazy. So that's probably the only player that, you know, I have I have a problem with. Even Steve Steve Smith, when he was in the, in, in the South, like I ain't never had a problem with him. I wish we had Steve Smith on the team. Like that dude was a dog. Um, but, you know, I, I don't have problems. I, don't, I just I don't like teams. Right. I don't like teams. I ain't just sitting up like even like even if you ask a even if you ask a player, I mean not a player, but even if you ask um a fan of another team, like did you like Drew Brees? They probably be like no. It's not because they ain't got a respect for him. It's the fact that he putting foots in them every single year, and they just it's more times than not their team couldn't get past them. So a lot of times we we don't like a person because how great they are, you know. Um, couldn't stand Roddy White. A lot of probably a lot of that had a lot to do with the fact that he was good. You know, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know, man. And and honestly, you, you <laughs> we we would applaud people like you know a seated dudes like kick the logo of the Atlanta Falcons and stuff like that, and you know all that kind of stuff. Though that's our dog. He folded his arms and braided face like we loved that type of energy, right? But you know, you have to understand, you know, like hey. <laughs> You got we gonna dish it. We got to take it too. And those guys were loyal to their team. Like Steve Smith said, like I, I would never play for the Saints. You know what I'm saying? I ain't, I ain't never had an interest. I, I can respect it. Uh, Roddy White, you know, he had some problems and issues with the Saints, and, and he couldn't stand them. So I look, I completely 100 understand that stuff because we have that same energy when it comes to those other teams in the South. But you know, like I said, I, I never had a, I never had an issue with guys as players. Like I can appreciate guys' greatness. I just when, when it comes down to the Saints and any one of those individuals, I just want them to have the worst game possible because I want the Saints to win. Uh, simple as that. Uh, Nick Chubb rubbing his hands like Birdman looking at the run defense. <laughs> I hope we can at least make the playoff next season. Uh, I'm used to watching the Saints play the first of the new year. That's my birth, uh, birthday month. Well, hopefully they can get back to their winning ways, but they can't. They cannot uh, repeat what they're doing this this uh, year. I'm gonna take a few more. Then we're gonna go ahead and get up out of here, folks. Uh, Nation of Domination. I think they're going to uh, be all right, though. I hope so. The Falcons stink. The Saints have won six out of seven games against the Falcons. So any Falcon fan, like I, I, I just look. There's nothing that an Atlanta Falcon fan can say to the New Orleans Saints right now. Like, there, there's nothing. Like, even, like the only thing they had over the Saints is their overall record. But now it's tied, right? It, it's tied at 54. Like, so what can you say now? Oh, we got a one-game lead if they win. It's just so happened to play the first game and beat the Saints the next year or something. Like, the Saints have beaten the Falcons six out of seven times. No matter how bad the New Orleans Saints are, no matter how slow, the defense or play the offense is looking, they still must up enough strength to beat the Falcons. And honestly, at the beginning of the season, the fact that the Saints were able to come back when everybody, I, I was there, when all the Falcon fans that were in there, when the Falcons was leading, they was talking mad noise at halftime. All of a sudden, you know, the Saints just start to come back and you just start seeing them boys clutch up in their seats and you start to see them boys' faces start to change because they knew it was about to happen. I mean, it was golden. But there's nothing a Falcon fan can really say to a Saints fan. Like you, like I know we neither one of us are good this year. But one thing you, you look if we're going to be talking about this rivalry, I'm just asking myself what rivalry. 
Like what 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 rivalry are we talking about here? Like there, there is no rivalry right now. You know what I'm saying? The Saints been dominating. You know, they've been dominating the Falcons. And uh in any Falcon fan, if they gonna be real and be true to within within themselves, they know that. You know, you gotta you gotta keep it a buck. I don't care, like the Saints, rather they make the playoffs, don't make the playoffs. They they still beating up on the Falcons. Falcons have no Super Bowls. And like I said, when they were trying to go back and forth with the Saints, all they had was their overall record. So I'm just wondering what leg do they have to stand on at this point? And I got a lot of respect for some of these Falcon fans, man. Shouts out to my guy, Ju. You know what I'm saying? Ju Talk. Um, that's my guy right there. You know what I'm saying? Like, shouts out to King out there. You know what I'm saying? Like, all these different guys who, you know, I, I respect highly. I mean, but – and I'm not even getting into this. Shouts out to Tony. Um but yeah, you know, like I'm, I'm just wondering. I'm not even saying this to be petty. I'm just, these are the things. Like right now, you're wondering what leg do you have to stand on? And yeah, I mean, we, we all suck. I will concede today. Yes, we both stink. But it just seemed like to me, the New Orleans Saints, you know, just have their number. Six out of the last seven games, they won. What, what more can you say? And finally, I said I enjoy watching Mike Vick, even though he was running all over us. Well, I can't end the show like that. I mean, somebody give me a Saints question so we can go ahead and end this thing out. Uh, let's see. Uh, despite a bad season, we beat the Falcons twice, just like winning the Super Bowl, and I live in Atlanta. And then we uh, ended with Jerry. said, TJ, I remember back in 2019 you were trolling the Falcons, going down memory lane, good memories. Yeah, man, I mean, look <laughs> – we all know that, uh, you know, I can't be petty what I want to be, uh, especially when it comes to the Falcons. But but honestly, Jerry, at, at that particular time, um, they still had a leg to stand, though. I, I just feel like this. There, there's an old saying, and my grandfather normally would say this. He says, pouring water on a drowning man. So why would I continue to pour water on this drowning franchise, which is the Atlanta Falcons, when it comes to the New Orleans Saints? Now, I got to say, like, the, the, the future for the Falcons are promising. And I stand by what I'm saying. If the Saints don't catch up or make these adjustments, it, it, I mean, turnabout can easily be fair play because Arthur Smith, to me, is the best coach in the division right now. And as you can see, that running game between Algier uh, and, and Cordell Patterson, and then you have Kyle Pitts and Drake London, seems like he's going to figure it out. And Desmond Ritter, I think he has a lot of promise. And then you have some young guys on that defensive side of the ball. Maybe you get yourself another a cornerback opposite of A.J. Terrell. The Saints might have a problem. But all I'm saying is it's, it's pointless at this point to continue to troll these guys because it's just it's just sad right now. It, it's just sad. Like, and it's uh, honestly just a waste of time, you know. And also we have bigger fish to fry, uh, Jerry. I mean – the Saints ain't made the playoffs in the last two years. We're looking really bad right now. The coach that we have, none of us, probably some, I don't want to speak for everybody, but for the majority of people that I've seen here, don't really have a lot of confidence in. So um, my energy is mostly directed towards New Orleans Saints, definitely this year more so than what the Falcons are doing, even though I keep up with them because they're in the South. But, um, you know, I mean, how can you talk about somebody else's windows when your windows are dirty? So it's time for us to get the Windex out. Let me Windex my windows and then I'll get back to them. But, you know what I'm saying, if it just so happened you standing up in my house and talking about my windows, guess what? 
<laughs> I'm about to look across the street and see that yours is just as dirty as mine. All right. And just because the Saints end up playing the Falcons and they beat them six out of the last seven times, guess what? <laughs> we already know. I mean, and this is this is a first round knockout right now. You know what I'm saying? This this Deontay Wild, the last fight. You know what I'm saying? Like this, this is this is Mike Tyson in the in the late 80s. Like, this is a first round knockout right now. Like they, I mean, when it comes down to it, right? I mean, we all know this. Like, we all know this. If you, if you're grambling, right, and you're having a bad season, what makes that season better? Beating Southern. Same way, vice versa. Jackson State beating, beating Alcorn, right? Alcorn beating Jackson State. No matter how bad your season is, Michigan, Ohio State, give me some more, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, like when I was in school, uh, beating Old Perry Walker, you know, like, even though, you know, Walker and uh, what, Walker and Carr co- collab, but, you know, it was Old Perry Walker when I was in school. But y'all get the point. You know, like, beating your rivals means something, right? No, no matter what the record is. On, on that field, on that day, you're both zero and zero. And you're trying to get to one and zero. And the fact that the Saints swept the Atlanta Falcons, you know, just, just makes the season – you know, feel a little better because you want to beat your rivals. Just that, just that simple. It says, uh, too bad Grambling ain't uh, going to be Southern. Well, you know, I mean, you get the point, though. I mean, you get the point. I mean, you want to beat them. Even if you don't, you, you try, right? You, know, you, you try to beat them and you want to beat them. You know what I'm saying? You give it your all at least, right? And honestly, that's how coaches keep their jobs, right? You, know, you don't think, like, you know, Mike Smith, Record against Sean Payton probably didn't have ground for him to get fight. <clears throat> you know, um, other coaches that they had, you know, like uh, Dan Quinn. You don't think that had nothing to do with it? I do. You know, then you want to beat your rivals. Arthur Blank, you know, going up to, to Gail Benson and stuff like that. And she cracking jokes, talking about how, you know, how she got the advantage over you and stuff like that. He probably laughing, joking but in the back of his mind. These are billionaires. And, you know, they got the Eagles the size of Texas and Alaska combined. They want to win, right? And, and when you're out there, you know, bragging, I mean, same way with these boosters for these big colleges and stuff, you know, they're going to all these different meetings. They're in the same, you know, they're in the same areas, right? Especially like when you're rivals, right? I mean, most rivals are within the same state or like close. Like you think about the Red River rivalry. Like this is crazy, right? Um, Texas versus Oklahoma. Oklahoma is actually closer to closer to Dallas than Texas is, right? But I'm pretty sure those guys mingle with each other all the time. Oklahoma, Texas, yeah, man, we got y'all this year. Like, man, we beat y'all. We goose egg y'all. You know, like, man, it, it means something. It means something. But I want to say thank you all for checking out the State of the Saints podcast. Really do appreciate it. Shouts out to everybody here. Shouts out to everybody that commented. Shouts out to everybody listening and probably couldn't comment. Shouts out to people that's going to be watching this show later. Yes. I mean, I'm going to acknowledge those people as well because you can be doing so much with your time. And just like you could be doing so much more with your time, especially around the holiday season. But thank you for spending a little bit of time with yours truly. Uh, I ask that you hit the like button. I ask that you hit the like button. If you enjoy the State of the Saints podcast, if you enjoy the content, please hit that like button. Also, previous episodes available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor FM. Check out Facebook.com, search The State of the Saints podcast, and follow me on Twitter at TJAYJones8. Till next time, all I got to say is, 
who that 